The community of believers was of one heart and mind. But where was Thomas? Actually, the apostles gives us that image. They are of one heart and mind. No one claimed any of his possessions as his own. They held everything in common. Hard to even imagine that utopian society that they dwelt in those first days. But, go back just a little earlier, we come to this second Sunday of Easter where you can just imagine the previous week, that question echoing through the other apostles. Where's Thomas this time? The same one, you'll remember, who previously acknowledged Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Seems to have lost his way back to the upper room. We can imagine the others wondering to themselves, possibly even out loud, especially as Jesus there on that first Easter Sunday when the ten remaining apostles, Judas had already gone off and killed himself and Thomas is AWOL, Jesus gives them that that faculty to absolve sins. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven. Whose sins you hold bound are held bound. They're looking around. Peter, you can imagine, just like, Thomas is missing it. What a fool. Where is he? Or maybe John got it wrong as he recorded it. Said that they were hidden, locked in that upper room for fear. Maybe it was just the rest of the apostles that were in lockdown out of fear. Maybe Thomas wasn't afraid. And if that were the case, we can all imagine the more that where is Thomas? What if if he's captured? What if he's gotten by the death that is around? What if he brings it, brings those authorities to us? Where is Thomas? Why this division? On this second Sunday of Easter, this Divine Mercy Sunday, I ask you, what really unites? What can make us one? This week I had a couple days with my family. Gianna is now 11 years old and she's become the family photographer. She can't help herself. She just, it's got a great eye and always seems to capture just the right angle. And there's little Sarah, a six-year-old, making faces with me and never one to, you know, turn down an opportunity for a stare-off competition. Sarah and I were right at it. And Gianna captured it. The family picture of of those days, an instant classic, right away, something that we all treasured my bare face and beard, her tiny, toothless face staring back, both unadulterated smiles going. And it strikes me, as good as it was, that wasn't it. It was fleeting. It was just a moment captured, yes, and praise God for that. I, I hope you had similar moments with either family, friends, just the, the smile that comes from a, a good meal, some way to mark 
these Easter days of the resurrection, of new life, because we all need those reminders in a world with so much darkness and with so many divisions. We come to experience that beauty and that life and that love, but the divisions exist. even within the church. I suppose that's why those words should strike us so hard. The community of believers was of one heart and mind. And yet, we know it sounds hard to imagine. Because, you know, there's political ideas that, that can cause divisions. Even right here, there's... In the community of believers these days, there's divisions of how to, how to worship. What's going to be the best way for us to do so? The, how to care for the body in these COVID days. So many questions, so many divisions. And if someone doesn't check all the boxes that I check, i got to admit, I'm tempted at times to dismiss, not to be around them. And yet, we look today to this divine mercy and we realize, first of all, that this isn't new. That Thomas's absence reminded me that it was right from the beginning. So the question still stands, where do we find that which unites? Where do we find a love that unifies, a love that is victorious, a love that, as St. John says in his letter, a love that conquers the world. It's the wounds. The glorious wounds of our Lord. It's so important for us to always remember each Easter Sunday, each Easter season, every time we see a a beautiful statue, like a, a sacred heart in the back of the church, the wounds are there. In fact, a a great mystic of the church acknowledged that one time had an apparition and thought that it was the Lord appearing to her, but then she realized there are no wounds. That is not the Lord. It was the, the devil tempting her. The Lord always appears with those wounds, even in his resurrection, because those wounds show his love. What he was willing to do And with Thomas' return a week later, the week that we now mark, this second week of Easter, Thomas shows that those wounds aren't just just for show. What ails you? What divides you? Bring it right to those wounds. Thomas, come here. Place your finger in the nail marks. Take your hand and place it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believe. Take that doubt, that ugliness, that sin, that division, Bring it right here to the source of love. Sister Faustina, almost a hundred years ago, now told us all about that in her diary. Faustina's diary and the image that it inspired shows us the love of Jesus poured out, always, yes, from that open side, pierced on the cross by a lance, that love poured out, the image of the the blood and water flowing out in the white and red beams of light, invites us into 
those oceans of mercy. So what ails us? What's causing those divisions? And where do we seek solace? The friends are good, the family is good, the food is good, to be sure. But where do we find that which ultimately satisfies? We come to the heart of our Lord. We see those glorious wounds, and he invites us in to not be unbelieving, but believe.